Welcome to ECI's podcast, Building Successful Businesses, where we chat to business leaders about the building blocks of their success and the lessons they've learned on the way. I'm Fiona Moore, and today I'm welcomed by Colin Tenick, a prolific chair and non-exec, notably working with ECI at Auction Technology Group, which followed a career including CEO roles at the likes of Stepstone and Booker Table. Colin, welcome. There are so many more companies I could have named, but um, I think it would have taken the whole podcast. Oh, well, thanks. For, I hope, hopefully not. But yes, thanks for that. I suppose you get, when, you, when you've had as many years in tech as I have, at the end of the day, I suppose uh, you, you're going to have a few uh, a few companies under your belt. Yeah. And if we go right back to the start of that career, um, prior to sort of your CEO roles, what was your first ever job and what did you learn from it? My first ever job, I was with IBM as a graduate and I joined at IBM down in uh, haven't in Portsmouth when they manufactured mainframes. I was working with them in engineering procurement. I did a degree in business, but I was in engineering procurement as a graduate trainee and very, very rapidly realised that I wanted to go into the more commercial side. That wasn't going to happen with IBM. They, 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 they did really did want me to uh, to stay with them. So I moved to a bureau, one of the very first computer bureaus in the city of London um, in Berkeley Square servicing the advertising industry and so really you know what we've seen with with today's SaaS environments and uh, and hosted almost the whole thing come full circle in those days however all the all the expense and IP was the hardware and uh, you gave the software away and now it's the other way around so interesting. And what did that background sort of teach you about tech? I've been very fortunate to have worked through many, many different phases of technology, you know, very much the leading edge um, throughout the last 25, 30 years. There are some key themes. Some of the key things, themes you see are, you know, the customer, absolutely critical. Having really, really smart people around you, uh, being able to, you know, dream the possible and, and uh, sometimes deliver it. But back in those early days, again, very bright, smart can do international focused people uh, who were really at the forefront of uh, bringing some technology to uh, to the UK at that time. It's a US company that was that was then coming to the UK. And that um, customer being absolutely critical is something we hear a lot from uh, sort of experienced CEOs. That's something they've definitely taken to heart and normally why their businesses are so successful. When you think about your journey from sort of that role to then becoming a CEO, was that something you already knew? You found the transition very easy, or was that something you had to learn? I think it, there was a increasingly, uh, for me anyway, a recognition. I, I had a, a number of senior roles with US-based software businesses, which, which you know, were very fast growth, very aggressive, very ambitious, running European operations, opening up new markets. But at the end of the day, you were a glorified sales and marketing director. And so, you know, whatever the title was, general manager of Europe or whatever, the, the reality is a lot of the things that you do as a CEO, which is actually all parts of the uh, of the journey, including product, finance, um, HR, et cetera, all, all those other key parts really were missing in those roles. So I, I reached the position where it was a case of, you know, if you want to make the step to being a CEO, you've actually got to step off this particular train. Which is was incredibly successful and 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 uh, from a from a job satisfaction perspective in, incredibly interesting and start you know putting into practice a lot of the things that uh, perhaps you you thought you wanted to do if you if you had influence over and the ability to to look at the much broader sense that a CEO should do. 
And was that a sort of easy transition? I suppose when you know what you're doing and you've got quite a clear remit to suddenly then sort of like you say, having ownership over products, but also people. Was that something you found quite straightforward? I, I, I think the thing I found straightforward was that, you know, don't think that you can be the expert in everything because you're not. So then it comes down to how, how do you encourage, work with, attract the very, very best talent you know, the best finance director, the best chief people officer, the best head of technology that you possibly can. And your your job increasingly becomes then the orchestrator, the conductor. How, how can you bring value to these people? So uh, and the other thing which I've seen too many times actually now as, as, as I've been sort of chairman now for another year, don't be afraid to to recruit people who are vastly different to yourself, because the reality is not everybody can uh, be in the same image or have the same skill sets or indeed the same sort of uh, uh, habits that you do. And in fact, the last thing you want is a bench where everybody's exactly the same. So what you've got to do is you've, you've really got to be, be quite open to recognising that the job here is about attract the, the best skill sets. But those, those individuals will, will have different motivations and different requirements. And it can be quite a difficult process, that, because I think lots of people recognise the importance of that diversity of thought, especially around the board table. But our natural inclination is to, you know, someone sounds like us, they've got a similar way of approaching business to us. And we go, that's great. They seem fantastic. Is that something that you've had to deliberately switch in your mind um, to try and actually not find people who work and operate? I, I, just I, think, like I, think, I think initially that was the case. I don't think now. But it is definitely an issue that that I think first time CEOs, uh, senior execs in, in, in roles need to be very, very conscious of. And the worst people, actually, the worst people are, are the sales and marketing people because they always seem to recruit in, in, their, in their image. So it's quite interesting that you do, I think, have to make sure that you understand what it is that you're trying to do, understand what the skill sets that, that you need. Now, don't lose that intuitive feel because that intuitive feel is absolutely critical. But you should also have the checks and balances in place. I wonder why you think sales and marketing people are more likely to hire in their own image. I've always found salespeople just love being sold to. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a great sort of cynical view in them, which they should do. So, so yeah, it's an interesting one. And obviously starting out in sales, quite a lot of, um, I guess, a big part of growth in tech businesses is that sales side. Um, do you think that's changing? Do you think life's getting harder or easier for tech businesses now when it comes to selling? I think the uh, routes to market today are vastly different to the ones which were in place, let's say, 30, 35 years ago. Um, and so in, in those days, it was pretty much route 101. You know, you recruited salespeople, they carried a bag, they carried a quota. And, uh, you know, um, if you were lucky, marketing generated leads um, for them to work on and there were sort of events to go to, et cetera. And don't get me wrong, that, that still plays a very important role, but it was pretty much the only route. Then we started to see the emergence really of channels, value-added resellers, value-added distributors. So that brought a whole new game and a whole new set of responsibilities and requirements for a company to, to actually work with the channel. And uh, so we saw that evolve. Then we've seen sort of how um, direct-to-consumer marketplaces, etc., have evolved, um, and so the, the channels open to businesses today are so vastly different that um, it's important that 
that the I think the commercial side of the organisation understands what is the right one for them at the right time, um, and understanding what the various um, trade-offs are because they're all trade-offs, and depending on the size of business, you know those trade-offs can be can be critical. If you get the trade-off wrong, then it's going to stumble your growth and you lose market share. So it, it, you know, it's a much more complex environment today. Um, that said and done successful businesses today that I think have got that clarity and that real sort of core focus can can be extraordinarily successful very quickly. Really interesting to hear Colin Tennock there discussing his own varied route to tech CEO, especially the importance of diversity in talent and skill sets in order to be successful. In the next episode, we discuss turning around dot-com failure and the importance of scratching the itch of a CEO role.